Well, uh, tonight we come to consider Leviticus uh, chapter 13, and our modern English versions bear the title, something like the, the test for leprosy is the title given in the New American Standard. It's not obviously not inspired. It's not part of the original text, but uh, nevertheless, our translators have given us that title. And uh, in ESV, it's called Laws About Leprosy. Now, in our English uh, translations, they have rendered a certain Hebrew word as, as leprosy. And it's kind of an unfortunate historical accident, perhaps. The historical reason for this translation is due to the fact that when the Old Testament was translated into Greek, the translators of the Septuagint translated the Hebrew word as lepra. And so it has come down in our English translations as leprosy. And when we think about leprosy, we probably, our, our default thinking is probably uh, toward what is known as Hansen's disease. Hansen's disease uh, can apparently affect the nerves so that those who are infected with it are unable to feel pain on their extremities and therefore are unable to respond appropriately when they're uh, when they're being harmed in some way, when they're being burned or being cut or something of that nature. And so that's probably what most people think about when, in our co- context, we think of leprosy. If we think of leprosy at all, that's, that's probably what we are thinking of. But the disease that I have just described does not seem to be what Leviticus 13 and, for that matter, Leviticus 14 are dealing with. It seems like the term that shows up here as leprosy is a more broad reference that encapsulates a number of different skin diseases, or even in the latter portion of chapter 13, even mildew, or something to that effect. One commentator translated the, the word that's translated in our versions as leprosy, he translated, translated it as scaly skin disease. And interestingly enough, the, the Jewish Mishnah supposedly reported that the key term here in Leviticus 13 is not the word that's translated as leprosy, but the word that is translated as infection or plague. And as we, as we read through the text in Leviticus 13, we'll, we'll see that from time to time. I think uh, the New American Standard, which I'll be reading from, translates it as, as infection. And so at least according to uh, the reflection in the Jewish Mishnah, they took that as the key idea here is, is the infection itself. And so as we read through chapter 13 of Leviticus, we'll... Uh, we'll be breaking it up into sections. I'll try to try to read the section, give a brief summary of what is going on there so that we can understand the nuts and bolts as to the instructions that are being given, and then we'll, we'll come around at the end and we'll try, try to make some sense of what we see here. So let's, uh, let's take a look then at Leviticus chapter 13. First, let's, let's just look at the first eight verses. Moses writes under the inspiration of the Spirit, and he says this, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, When a man has on the skin of his body a swelling or a scab or a bright spot, and it becomes an infection of leprosy on the skin of his body, then he shall be brought to Aaron, the priest, or to one of his sons, the priests. The priest shall look at the mark on the skin of the body, and if the hair in the infection has turned white... And the infection appears to be deeper than the skin of his body. It is an infection of leprosy. When the priest has looked at him, he shall pronounce him unclean. But if the bright spot is white on the skin of his body, 
and it does not appear to be deeper than the skin, and the hair on it has not turned white, then the priest shall isolate him who has the infection for seven days. The priest shall look at him on the seventh day, and if in his eyes the infection has not changed, and the infection has not spread on the skin, then the priest shall isolate him for seven more days. The priest shall look at him again on the seventh day, and if the infection has faded and the mark has not spread on the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is only a scab, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the scab spreads farther on the skin, after he has shown himself to the priest for his cleansing, he shall appear again to the priest. The priest shall look, and if the scab has spread on the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is leprosy. Now this first section deals with what we might classify as a case of suspected skin disease. There are three possible symptoms listed in verse 2. Swelling, a scab, or a spot. And if his body has one of those three, he was to come to the priest and present himself to the priest for the priest to inspect. When such a one came to the priest, the priest was looking for two things. As seen in verse 3, one, discoloration of the hair, whether the hair in the spot had turned white, and number two, whether it was deeper than the surface level of the skin. If the spot met those criteria, it was an infection of leprosy, or if you prefer, an infection of a scaly skin disease, and the person who had it was pronounced unclean. If those criteria were not met, And if the hair had not turned white and the infection did not appear to be lower than the skin, the person was to be isolated, right? We we know a little bit about that, right? The quarantines and all of that. We've learned more than we wanted to know about isolation and quarantine. But anyways, the person is to be isolated uh, for seven days in order to reinvestigate at the end of those seven days. And if at the end of that time nothing had changed, the infection had not spread, then the person is to be quarantined for another week, another seven days. If the infection faded and... The mark had not spread. The person is pronounced as clean. It was only a scab. But if the scab had spread, he was unclean and was to be pronounced as such by the priest. And I think here we do well to remember the context of where these instructions are coming in the book of Leviticus. After the deaths of Nadab and Abihu back in chapter 10, the Lord had spoken to Aaron and had instructed him not to drink wine or strong drink when they came into the tent of meeting in part so that they would be able to make a distinction between the holy and the profane and between the clean and the unclean. And this is what the priest is instructed concerning here. Right? He's told how to make a distinction between the clean and the unclean. Now let's look ahead to, uh, to verses 9 through 17 for the, the second set of instructions here. When the infection of leprosy is on a man, then he shall be brought to the priest. The priest shall then look, and if there is a white swelling in the skin, and it has turned the hair white, and there is quick, raw flesh in the swelling, it is a chronic leprosy on the skin of his body. And the priest shall pronounce him unclean. He shall not isolate him, for he is unclean. If the leprosy breaks out farther on the skin... And the leprosy covers all the skin of him who has the infection from his head even to his feet. As far as the priest can see, then the priest shall look. And behold, if the leprosy has covered all his body, he shall pronounce clean him who has the infection. It has all turned white and he is clean. Uh, 
But whenever raw flesh appears on him, he shall be unclean. The priest shall look at the raw flesh, and he shall pronounce him unclean. The raw flesh is unclean. It is leprosy. Or if the raw flesh turns again and is changed to white, then he shall come to the priest, and the priest shall look at him, and behold, if the infection has turned to white, then the priest shall pronounce him uh, shall pronounce clean him who has the infection. He is clean. Now this second section deals with what we might call a case of chronic leprosy. The person who has this scaly skin disease, apparently this has been persisting for some time. He's to show himself to the priest. Again, the priest looks for the two symptoms, whether the hair and the infection has turned white. And this time he's looking, secondly, for the presence of quick, raw flesh in the swelling. Or, uh, as one translator uh, or commentator translated it, an ulcer with raw flesh. If those are present, the person is unclean, having this chronic or old skin disease. There's no need for a trial of a quarantine period. He's unclean. If he's got that, the judgment is clear. The stipulation in verse 12 concerning the entire body being covered with leprosy and the person pronounced clean seems at first to be a bit of a contradiction in terms, given the, the instructions that are being given here. But it seems to be that what's going on here is that the presence of the white skin indicated that the disease had been healed. The raw flesh had turned white and was healing. And, such, and as, as such, the person should be pronounced to be clean. If the raw flesh returned again, as you can see later on in that set of instructions, if the raw flesh returns, he's to be pronounced unclean. But then again, um, verse 17, uh, excuse me, verses 16 and 17, you see the, the turn back. If the raw flesh turns again and is changed to white, then the priest shall look at him. And behold, if the infection is turned to white, then the priest shall pronounce clean him who has the infection. He is clean. So it seems to be that what's in view here is the, the healing of this skin disease. The turning to white is indicative that healing is in process and therefore the person is pronounced clean. Now, uh, let's look down to uh, verses 18 through 23 with respect to boils. When the body has a boil on its skin and it is healed, and in the place of the boil there is a white swelling or a reddish-white bright spot, then it shall be shown to the priest, and the priest shall look, and behold, if it appears to be lower than the skin, and the hair on it has turned white, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is the infection of leprosy. It has broken out in the boil. But if the priest looks at it, and behold, there are no white hairs in it, and it is not lower than the skin, and is faded, then the priest shall isolate him for seven days. And if it spreads farther on the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is an infection." But if the bright spot remains in its place and does not spread, it is only the scar of a boil, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. So obviously this is, this is dealing with boils. If uh, after the boil has healed, if there was a white swelling or a reddish-white bright spot, the person had to go show themselves to the priest. And again, the priest is looking for two signs, whether it went lower than the skin and whether the hair had turned white. If so, he was unclean. But if the hair was not white and it did not appear to be lower than the skin, again, there's the seven-day quarantine period, and after that, a determination of clean or unclean was to be made. If the infection had spread, the verdict was to be that the person was unclean due to 
the infection. Now, verses 20, uh, 24 through 28 deal with the situation of burns. Let's, let's read there. Or if the body sustains in its skin a burn by fire, and the raw flesh of the burn becomes a bright spot, reddish-white or white, then the priest shall look at it. And if the hair in the bright spot has turned white, and it appears to be deeper than the skin, it is leprosy. It has broken out in the burn. Therefore the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is an infection of leprosy. But if the priest looks at it, and indeed there is no white hair in the bright spot, and it is no deeper than the skin, but is dim, then the priest shall isolate him for seven days. The priest shall look at him on the seventh day. If it spreads farther in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is an infection of leprosy. But if the bright spot remains in its place and has not spread in the skin but is dim, it is the swelling from the burn, and the priest shall pronounce him clean, for it is only the scar of the burn. And so again, uh, dealing with a burn here, and again, the, the situation is the raw flesh that we had seen earlier. And so if the uh, situation is such that the raw flesh of the burn becomes a bright spot, reddish white or white, the priest is looking for two marks. He's looking for the white hair in the spot, and again, whether it appears to be deeper than the skin. If yes, person is unclean. If no, quarantine for seven days. After seven days, they're looking for spreading. If it spreads, then the person is unclean. If no spread, the person is pronounced clean. You can see, you see there's a bit, of a bit of a pattern here. Not every situation is treated precisely the same, but nevertheless, there's some repeated instructions and patterns going on here. Now, let's, let's look ahead to verses 29 through 37. Now, if a man or woman has an infection on the head or on the beard... Then the priest shall look at the infection, and if it appears to be deeper than the skin, and there is thin, yellowish hair in it, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a scale. It is leprosy of the head or of the beard. But if the priest looks at the infection of the scale, and indeed it appears to be no deeper than the skin, and there is no black hair in it, then the priest shall isolate the person with the scaly infection for seven days." On the seventh day, the priest shall look at the infection, and if the scale has not spread, and no yellowish hair has grown in it, and the appearance of the scale is no deeper than the skin, then he shall shave himself, but he shall not shave the scale. And the priest shall isolate the person with the scale seven more days. Then, on the seventh day, the priest shall look at the scale, and if the scale has not spread in the skin, and it appears to be no deeper than the skin, the priest shall pronounce him clean, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the scale spreads farther in the skin after his cleansing, then the priest shall look at him. And if the scale has spread in the skin, the priest need not seek for the yellowish hair. He is unclean. If in his sight the scale has remained, however, and the black hair has grown in it, the scale has healed. He is clean, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. And so here we're dealing with an infection of the head or the jaw. The priest, again, is to look at the infection, see if it's deeper than the skin, and if there's the yellowish hair in it. If so, the person is unclean. But if upon inspection the infection does not appear to be lower than the skin and there's no black hair that's present in the infection, then comes the quarantine. And the, the issue with the black hair seems to, seems to be that this is indicative that, that things are okay, that, that the infection 
is, uh, is not such as needed to be pronounced unclean. But if the black hair is not there and the yellowish thin hair uh, is not there, this is, this is a non-indicator. You can't tell for sure either way. And so after the seven-day quarantine, the priest inspects again. If things seem to be looking okay, the person is supposed to shave around it but not shave the spot, and the purpose seems to be to aid the, the priest in his inspection so that he can actually see what's going on there. And then uh, uh, comes the second seven days of quarantine, and at the end of that, the priest is then to examine the scale again if it's not spread further, it's not deeper than the skin, the person is pronounced clean. But if it had spread, there's no need to look for yellowish hair. The simple spreading of it was enough to render the person unclean. But if the skin remained as it was and the black hair grew back, then that's a sign the scale had healed, the person is pronounced clean. Now let's look at verses 38 and 39. When a man or a woman has bright spots on the skin of the body, even white bright spots, and the priest shall look... And if the bright spots on the skin of their bodies are a faint white, it is eczema that has broken out on the skin. He is clean. Now verses 38 and 39 seem to deal with a situation that is variously translated as eczema. I believe the ESV translated, translated it as leucoderma. Um, one commentator translated it as vitiligo. Um, the spots... Uh, are such that if they are faint white, then, then the person is clean. This is, this is not, a, not a big deal, nothing, nothing to worry about. Then in verse, uh, beginning in verse 40, we, we have the case of baldness. Now, if a man loses the hair of his head, he is bald, he is clean. If his head becomes bald at the front and the sides, he is bald on the forehead, he is clean. But if on the bald head or the bald forward head, there occurs a reddish-white infection... It is leprosy breaking out on his bald head or on his bald forehead. And then the priest shall look at him, and if the swelling of the infection is reddish white on his bald head or on his bald forehead, like the appearance of leprosy on the skin, he is a leprous man, he is unclean. The priest shall surely pronounce him unclean. His infection is on his head. And so just... Short and sweet, this is the case of baldness. Natural baldness did not render one unclean. But in the case where there was baldness and a reddish-white infection, such a one was pronounced unclean. Now let's look at verses 45 and 46. As for the leper who has the infection, his clothes shall be torn, the hair of his head shall be uncovered, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, Unclean! Unclean! He shall remain unclean, all the days during which he has the infection. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. These are the stipulations for the lifestyle that was required of one who had the infection. Sounds like a pretty miserable existence, doesn't it? Clothes are torn, heads are uncovered, or perhaps hair unkempt, depending on how you want to translate it. Um, they were to, to cover their face and to cry out, unclean, unclean, they live outside the camp, outside the, the fellowship of God's people. They live alone all the days of their infection. Now, let's look to the end of the chapter here to the, the stipulation with regard to clothing. So let's, let's start in verse 47. We'll read down through, through verse 59. When a garment has a mark of leprosy in it, whether it is wool, 
a wool garment or a linen garment, whether in the warp or woof, of linen or of wool, whether in leather or in any article made of leather, if the mark is greenish or reddish in the garment or in the leather or in the woof, warp or in the woof, or in any article of leather, it is a leprous mark and shall be shown to the priest. Then the priest shall look at the mark and shall quarantine the article with the mark for seven days. He shall then look at the mark on the seventh day. If the mark has spread in the garment, whether in the warp or in the woof or in the leather, whatever the purpose for which the leather is used, the mark is a leprous malignancy. It is unclean. So he shall burn the garment, whether the warp or the woof, in linen or in wool or any article of leather in which the mark occurs, for it is a leprous malignancy. It shall be burned in the fire. But if the priest shall look, and indeed the mark has not spread in the garment, either in the warp or in the woof, or in any article of leather, then the priest shall order them to wash the thing in which the mark occurs, and he shall quarantine it for seven more days. After the article with the mark has been washed, the priest shall again look, and if the mark has not changed its appearance, even though the mark has not spread, it is unclean. You shall burn it in the fire. Whether an eating away has produced barrenness on the top or on the front of it, Then, if the priest looks, and the mark has faded after it has been washed, then he shall tear it out of the garment, or out of the leather, whether from the warp or from the woof. And if it appears again in the garment, whether in the warp or in the woof, or in any article of leather, it is an outbreak. The article with the mark shall be burned in the fire. The garment, whether the warp or the woof, or any article of leather from which the mark has departed, When you washed it, it shall be then washed a second time and will be clean. This is the law for the mark of leprosy. In a garment of wool or linen, whether in the warp or in the woof, or in any article of leather, for pronouncing it clean or unclean. And so here we're told of the growth of fungus, mildew, uh, marks of leprosy growing in clothing. When clothing was suspected, it was to be quarantined. When found to be malignant, it had to be burned. When found not to be malignant, the mark which had faded was to be torn out, and the garment was washed twice and then put to use as clean. If the mark showed up again, it was to be burned with fire because of the outbreak. It's interesting to note that clothing in the Old Testament could either be holy, thinking of the priest's garments, could be common, in usage for the people, or it could be unclean. And these are the laws, and you notice there's there's quarantine here for for garments as well. And uh, and so these are are the laws with respect to leprosy on the skin, leprosy on the clothing. Now, we've we've walked through the text, and we've seen what's going on here, and I greatly appreciate your patience as we have done so. I realize this may not be the most riveting chapter of Scripture in terms of gluing your attention to it. And I see, see some who agree with that, that statement. And so the question, obviously, at this point is, what are we supposed to do with all of this? Now, I think the, the most obvious thing that can be said is that the infections which we have seen here in this chapter are, are typologically representative of sin. Isaiah 1, 5, and 6 makes the link for us. 
says, Where will you be stricken again as you continue in your rebellion? The whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot even to the head there is nothing sound in it, only bruises, welts, and raw wounds, not pressed out or bandaged or softened with oil. David speaks in Psalm 38, 5-7 of his sinful condition, and he says this, My wounds grow foul and fester because of my folly. I am bent over greatly and bowed down. I go mourning all day long, for my loins are filled with burning, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I would tend to take David's words there in Psalm 38 as, as being symbolic and not literal. Now, they, they could have been literal. For all I know, I would, I would tend to take them as symbolic, representing his inward condition, the, the figure of, of leprosy, the figure of physical wounds and festering being put for the sinful condition. And so we see this, this terminology of sickness, in particular, the sickness of a skin disease being put in respect to the sinful condition. But, to be fair, we do see actual cases in the Old Testament where particular sinners were struck with leprosy because of particular sins. Right? Think of Miriam, Numbers chapter 12, who had murmured against Moses because of his Cushite wife. The anger of the Lord burned, and Miriam became leprous, white as snow. Now, uh, some interpreters of that passage have thought that uh, that perhaps Miriam was, was grumbling against the darkness of the skin of Moses' Cushite wife, and that, the, that as a punishment, the Lord said, okay, you like light skin? There you go. Now, I, I don't know if that's entirely what was going on, but we do know that she was grumbling against Moses because of his Cushite wife, and that she was struck in particular with a disease rendered in our translations as leprosy, and her skin is described as being white as snow. Aaron said to Moses, this is Numbers 12, 11, and 12, O oh my Lord, I beg you, do not count this sin to us in which we have acted foolishly and we have sinned. O oh, do not be her, uh, let her be like one dead whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes from his mother's womb. That gives us a, a picture, I think, of, of the way in which this skin disease that could fall under this umbrella of leprosy worked its way out. He says, do not let her be like one dead whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes from his mother's womb. Now, as Numbers 12 makes clear, God healed Miriam, but she was shut up outside the camp for seven days. Think of another example, Jehazi, Elisha's servant, 2 Kings 5. Naaman, of course, had leprosy. Naaman came and uh, washed finally at the instigation of his servants as they said, hey, if Elijah had asked you to do something great, you would do it. How much, how much more? Just, just go wash in the Jordan. And so Naaman did it. He was cleansed. And if you remember the account there in 2 Kings 5, he offered Elisha money. Elijah wouldn't take it. But then Elisha's servant Jehazi ran after Naaman in order to to get the goods, to get loaded up. I heard a sermon where a pastor was speaking of this incident, and he was talking about the exchange that took place between Elisha and Jehazi when, when Jehazi got back, and Jehazi was denying that he went up after Naaman, and uh, the preacher put it like this. He was speaking uh, in Jehazi's words. He said, oh, but thy servant did not go. Bam! Leprosy! <laughs> 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 
worse than the captain's was. And scripture doesn't say it was Doesn't say it was worse than than Naaman's, but he was struck with leprosy because of his sin. Think likewise of King Uzziah, Second Chronicles twenty six. Took it upon himself to burn incense in the temple, only lawful for the priests to do. And when he became uh, enraged at the priest who had gone in to rebuke him for what he was doing, leprosy broke out on his forehead. Seems to seems to be the kind of situation perhaps uh, perhaps described in that in that section uh, beginning in thirteen uh, twenty nine, um, perhaps, but. At any rate, the leprosy broke out on his forehead. The Lord had smitten him. And the text of 2, Kings, uh, excuse me, 2 Chronicles 26 tells us that Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death and that he was cut off from the house of the Lord. Same, same kind of treatment that you, you see here in verses 45 and 46 of Leviticus 13. Right? You have to be outside the camp. Uzziah wanted to go into the presence of the Lord further than he was legitimately allowed to. And he was struck and he was completely cut off. From the temple of the Lord, couldn't even go in as much as he once would have been allowed to. And as to the corruption of the clothing, Jude tells us in Jude verse 23 that we are to hate even the garment polluted by the flesh, which may perhaps be an admonition to hate the wicked ways of the sinners to whom we minister. We have to hate their corruption so that we ourselves are not entangled by them. Yes, let's love the sinners, let's minister to sinners, but let's detest their, their wicked ways so as not to be entangled in them ourselves and let's not soft-pedal the truth about their sinful condition. And so this, this leprosy described here in the chapter is symbolic of sin and also was itself at least sometimes a direct punishment from God on account of particular sins, right? We've seen that in the case of Miriam, the case of Jehazi, the case of Uzziah. And sin, just like leprosy, cuts us off from the presence of God. And only the cleansing of the Lord can restore us. And it's interesting to notice, as we've read here in Leviticus 13, that the priests of the Old Testament could not cleanse someone who had one of these infections. That's not the job of the priest, to cleanse anybody. They're just looking at the case, making a judgment, making a distinction between the clean and the unclean. They had no power to change the condition. But isn't it both wonderful and beautiful then that Jesus, the great high priest, is able to cleanse, right? We read at the beginning, Matthew chapter 8, Matthew 8, 2, we read about that leper who came to him and bowed down to him and he said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Matthew tells us that Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And so friends, I know this is a hard passage of Scripture to sit down and to work through and to think through together. But, but take this away tonight, if nothing else, that our sin makes us unclean, puts us outside the camp, outside of fellowship with God. And uh, if church discipline is working as it should, it puts us outside the fellowship of, of God's people. But Jesus is able and willing to cleanse all who come to him. And so whatever the sin, I promise you that if you come to Jesus in true faith and true repentance, he will cleanse you and he will restore you to fellowship with God. And so don't be shy. 
Present yourself to the priest, the great high priest, Jesus. Sometimes we ourselves may be like the Israelites of old, and we, we don't know whether we're in sin or not, right? A lot of these people, they had something on them. They didn't know if they were clean or unclean. Sometimes we ourselves, due to our profound ignorance, our ignorance of ourselves, our ignorance sometimes in respect of what God would have us do, we may not know if we're clean or unclean. Either way, go to the priest, go to Christ. If we are clean, he will own us as such. If we are unclean, he will cleanse us. So let's run to Christ for cleansing. Present yourself to the priest. Let's pray. Our Father, we pray that you would help us to be humble as we approach hard and challenging passages of Scripture. We pray uh, that you would help us to be, to be willing to be stretched and to be willing to learn. And we thank you that we see that what the Old Testament priests could not do, Jesus can do. That he can cleanse, and he can cleanse not only leprosy of the skin, but he can cleanse what is far worse. He can cleanse our sinful hearts. And so, Father, we ask for your blessing and grace upon us. We pray that we would continually be presenting ourselves to our great high priest, that we would be continually going to him who is able to save us forever. We thank you, Lord, for Uh, your grace to us in the gospel, uh, which cleanses us from all sin. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.